Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, in the place, the spaceship tonight on this special delivery episode. That's right, it's Fan Bro Show, the voice of the urban geek, and on special delivery, we cover the latest in TV, all the news, all the latest shows, everything that's hype, what's going on your tube, tube, did I still say that, do people still even watch a tube? No, because that technology's <laughs> mad outdated. Alright, alright. LEDs, but I mean, it's, it's LCDs, LEDs, all sorts of new technology, I don't know if you heard about it. Yes, I, I happen to have one of those in my own home. How you doing, Kimsonian? Here <laughs> chilling, on ben. Special Delivery. That's right, chilling. Another edition of Special Delivery, bringing you our own version of TV Critique. How's that? Hmm, TV Critique. That might be a better intro than what I just gave. But like I said, we're going to critique or talk about it. I don't, I don't really like critique because I don't really have credentials to be a critic. You know, I just like to talk about things that I watch. And, of course, Game of Thrones is one of those big, big episodes tonight. Very big. Yeah, the last episode before June. We won't get any more Game of Thrones for a couple weeks. Um, What's the name of this joint, Kim Sonny? This joint is entitled Mockingbird. Mm, Mockingbird. I figured it might be called 99 Problems Littlefinger Remix. Nice, or, nice, or, uh, Ben Hameen. Yeah. yeah, I like the way you uh, you included the little Solange uh, uh, versus Jay Z elevator incident right in there. Ah, That's nice. wow! I didn't even think of it like that, but you know, it's kind of metal, meta. It works on a few different levels. It's and, and it's metal too, whatever that is. That's great. <laughs> it's metal. I said metal, <laughs> like it's heavy metal, heavy and it's metal. definitely like that because yeah, that ending could have used the heavy metal soundtrack. Yo, I you know, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I did see it coming, and then I didn't, and then I did. It was crazy. It was weird. Um, spoiler alert. Let's get that out of the way right away. This is a big moment. There was no hiding this Littlefinger moment. This wasn't like the moment that we missed a few weeks ago where, you know, Littlefinger was revealed to have kind of set a lot of things in motion. This moment was in your face. Um, as I saw someone say on the internet, Stevie Wonder could have seen that ending coming. <laughs> oh, man. As soon as he walked over and was like, my sweet, sweet wife, I knew how that was going to go down. Like, uh, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's just spoil it right away. In this episode of Game of Thrones, Littlefinger put the finish on his wife, pushed her, made her fly. Uh, changed the game, changed the Game of Thrones, basically, once again, you know, another big in- shock ending. Well, not much of a shock, but yeah. Well, um, Lady, yeah, Lady Arwen, I mean, he promised her that they were going to, you know, be together forever. And clearly his love for uh, Sansa's mother has never left and he and had to do away. And also for Sansa. What's that? A little love for Sansa as a well. A little more than just a little love for Sansa. It seems mm. like... Uh, Seems like um, it's a little mother-daughter relationship going on there with uh, Peter. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, fulfilling the dreams he couldn't have with the mom, with the daughter. Exactly. And she's so much more beautiful than her mother, he says. Mm. Um, But that was the end, Ben. There's so much more to the episode. Uh, 
What anything stand out to you in particular that you uh, that you felt definitely was... the introduction of Sir Gregor the Mountain. Yes, man. So technically, I... not the introduction. No, no. Um, actually, the introduction to that actor playing it. Yeah, it was a different actor one, when he was in before, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in season one, but it was a different actor. So yeah, okay. technically, maybe for those who haven't been following, it is the. Uh, it is the introduction, and what a dude, right? That dude is huge. Yeah, pause. But he definitely put in some work right there. <laughs> he, hey, he's, yo. Just like, <laughs> he's just like slaying the dudes. He reminds me of like Big John Stud, like having the Saturday morning fights with like just the jabronis who would just the 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 guys with the jobbers who would come in and just get <laughs> thrown around the ring. Shout out to all the WWF heads from back in the early 80s. Oh, man, yeah. that I mean, that was a great shot, too, of Cersei approaching him because you could see how he towered above the wall behind them. Yeah, totally. You know, the per- yeah, the perspective done in that shot, that was fantastic work. Um, some other great moments, you also see Jon Snow at the wall and his futile attempts to rally the troops, basically. And it's, it's going to get tight on them really quickly. Yeah, I'm liking how that story is building up. By the way, I counted how many stories they covered in this episode. <laughs> There's seven stories that they're covering yep. in this episode. I don't know any other show, whether it's an hour or a half hour. I mean, clearly not a half hour. But how many shows can fit seven different storylines into one hour? That's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, definitely. Walking Dead, you know, approaches that lately with the last season. But, That's true. That's true. Yeah, but maybe not seven. But yeah, like we said, Jon Snow at the wall out. Um, another, I mean, big, big moment in the show was, you know, the um, I can never remember Shorty's name. Um, Arya? No, I mean, Arya, yeah, okay, let's talk about that. Arya and the Hound's whole episode, you know, or story arc during the episode, Arya putting in work in so many different ways. Like, that's one thing I want to say about this episode. This episode was full of boss moves. Like, there was a lot of people pulling some real boss moves. You know, you had, um, obviously, the introduction of Sir Gregor as a boss move. Arya putting in work, killing dude, and then also making her allegiance with the Hound a little bit more secure and, you know, showing just how much he needs her as much as she needs him. Uh, That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Arya's development is crazy. Um, Danny. Putting Man. in a big boss move. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, really just showing what it's like to be a queen, you know? Well, yeah, she can have, I mean, you're the new Dario, right? Yep. And the new uh, Dario. She, she can do whatever she wants with him, and then she can parlay his, uh, his fervor to kill into, you know, taking back some of the lands that she lost. So I thought that was a, that was a nice, bold move. Yep. What else stood out to you? Um, I liked, um, basically the fact that my man Oberon Mm. ends up being Tyrion's champion. And I thought that that was like a really power, that was like a powerful move. You know, the whole episode we see people coming by and, you know, Tyrion's trying to get somebody to fight for him. But Oberon is the one who basically he explains in his own speech, but basically he's saying, I'm here to get revenge, and this is the way I'm going to get revenge, especially since uh, Gregor is the one who killed his sister. Yep. Um, so I felt like that was a power move because you know how much of an Oberon fan I am, 
And I think he came in. I think he, his character is really powerful. I don't know what's going to happen, though. I don't know if he's going to be able to take out the mountain, but we'll see. But uh, that set up a nice little little thing that's going to happen in the next episodes, hopefully. Most definitely. And I, like you say, yeah, I don't know if Oberon has it in him to take it out, but I don't think he would have volunteered for that mission if he didn't have something up his sleeve. Yeah, his you're right. It's too high. He's still wearing the same outfit that he inter- that he came in with. Either he has like a closet full of these. Outfits. I was gonna say he's got he's got like three or four gold outfits that he just rocks continuously. Or oh, just, his oh, swag is just that amazing that he that can he get doesn't away. have body odor. Yeah, Oberon does not stink. Word. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, Another nah, good I, moment I, though. I, speaking yeah, on. I, uh, <laughs> Tyrion in his jail cell, um, the end of his bromance with Bran, is it? Or Bron? Bron, Bron, yeah. Bron. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was a touching moment, you know? We've, we've had a lot of great times together, like. <laughs> Actually, I do think that uh, a genuinely touching moment is when Oberon talks about meeting Tyrion. He tells him the story of when he met him as Man. a baby. And I thought that that was, I mean, the way uh, Peter Dinklage played that, I thought that was really good. There's some really great acting beats in this show overall where, you know, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance and it's a lot of hoity-toity Shakespearean stuff. But then occasionally you'll just get these glimpses and uh, and Peter Dinklage is just killing them with the acting. Um, the way they're cutting him, you know, uh, they, they're showing Tyrion's like real heart in, in, in the show. And it's it's not easy to, to show kind of... Uh, um, emotion in this kind of environment and also acting wise it's kind of hard to like we're only on each story for maybe like two or three minutes before we jump around so um i don't know i think he's doing a great job at giving the character depth so most definitely yeah i think there's a lot of them in the show and like you say though because i always felt like at the beginning when game of thrones first came on that it wasn't the best show it like looked great and it had some good moments but it wasn't always like the like the greatest show ever, but as it's gotten you know more and more into it, and the actors have more time with the characters, you really see some really great you know acting and moments in the show. Um, overall, it was a really you know great episode. I, I like the end. You know, I mean the ending. Man, <laughs> Littlefinger, you know, is really determined. Uh, to say the least, like whatever his overarching plan is, he is making moves on it. He's not sitting around and waiting for something to happen. You know, like I did not expect him to just do that. I'm wondering, you know, is Robin going to finally fly, fly, fly next? Like (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot, you know, fly, Robin, fly. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm trying to think of what his next power move is. You know, because if Stannis Shit. got money from the Iron Bank, you know, I'm, and again, I say this every week on Special Delivery when I talk about Game of Thrones, I have not read the book, so I don't know what the power move is ahead of time. But I'm just excited to see what, um, you know, where he's going to go with his stuff. And uh, yeah, man. And then, um, yeah, Robin, man, I, I hope he throws him. I hope He reminds me of Carl from Walking Dead, man. He's just a pain in the butt. Throw him down the <laughs> oh, come on, man. Carl is way cooler than well, Robin. Carl grew up. Be. I mean, who knows? Robin might grow up and, and, and no, lose all the Robin little... has been breastfeeding till puberty. He is never going to grow up, son. It's tight on him. 
and Robin just lost his like source of food, so it's really that's, tight. Yeah, it's true. Home. That's true. It's source of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last thing that we have to mention. I cannot remember his name, and it hurts me that I can't. But this episode also featured the return of the Wolf Bread Boy. Can you please oh. help me out? Oh, the the kidney the kidney pie kid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call him the kidney pie kid. He kept saying kidney pie. I'm like, man, this is so 1500s England, like kidney pie. Um, oh yeah. man. I mean, you oh, know, that was shot. that was a, a pretty good spin. That the Brienne storyline is a little soft to me right now. Um, yeah. You know, but I guess you know we got to keep it moving. They're on a they're on a. It's almost parallel to what Arya and the Hound are doing. Um, mm. you know, it's just like two people on a quest and everybody's on a quest. So it's kind of weird. Jon Snow's the only one who's like staying put and like, you know, they're kind of shivering in their pants waiting for an attack. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see, but, uh, everybody else is like wandering and there was a, a little scene with, uh, Melisander and he, the way she was talking to Stannis's wife. And, uh, we got to witness a bathing Melisander in all her glory. Mm, so, mm. Um, you, you know, know for those nothing who, wrong with that, <laughs> especially on Game of Thrones, which has kind of been, you know, I mean, although last episode, I think, or the episode before that, it's, it's not as it hasn't been as uh, as graphic as usually. So, I mean, aside from all the rapes and whatnot this season, you know, I guess, you know, it hasn't <laughs> been that graphic. Yeah, okay, but there was some man flesh for the women out there, you know, uh, Dario oh, yeah. and whatnot, so. Shout outs to that. Um, other than that, like we said before, not much, you know, two more weeks, I think, until Game of Thrones returns. So look forward to that. Other things we are have to cover though, on special delivery this week. Orphan Black. Definitely, I just want to say shout out to Tatiana Maslany. I probably butcher your name every week. Maslany. I have no idea how that last name works, but you know, Kimsonian, she deserves the Emmy. There's no doubt. Like if she doesn't get a no- nomination at the very least, I'm distrusted because she's killing it. Yo, it's just man. And this latest episode, uh, speaking of rapes, as we were on Game of Thrones, featured a uh, female on male rape. Whoa. It, it, yeah, um, there's only really one way to look at it. The character of Paul uh, gets enlisted to be Rachel's, one of the another clones, new mentor. I think it's Rachel. Uh, yeah, I might be wrong. It's getting tough to keep up with all the names of the clones. And she basically pulls some dominatrix, you know, command move, kind of like uh, Dario and Danny, but just a little bit more, you know, <laughs> Uh, this doesn't feel as right. You know, Dario was definitely down for the cause. Right. Yeah, my man Paul, uh, I don't know. But yeah, like I say, Kim Sonian, Orphan Black, I, I didn't think that I'd be watching this season. And I have to say this season has, dis- I mean, not disappointed me. It's really like um, missing a word right here, but surprising me. It's grown on you? Has it grown on you more than you thought? It's a lot better than I expected. The twists and turns are getting really ill, and Tatiana is straight up and down killing it with her depiction of the various clones. I gotta say, it's really well done. Sometimes in some of the scenes where they're talking to each other, I know it's like an old trick, but 
it's really well done. It's pretty seamless how she plays all these roles and she's in the same scene talking to herself and it, it's just really well done. And you completely um, forget sometimes. Exactly. That, that's the, yeah, and that, that's the that. great illusion about it is that, you know, she's playing, I don't know, it's almost like six different people and with accents and makeup and all this stuff and she's just carrying the entire show. Most um, definitely is. So shout out to Orphan Black. Definitely a great episode this week. The end scene between um, Helena and Sarah just once again shows, like I said, is how great Tatiana is. And at first I was kind of pissed that they brought Helena back this season, but now I'm super glad that they did because she's had some of the best scenes. One last thing, I cannot remember the brother's name, the actor who plays him, but the black cop, um, my man has one facial expression. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I saw saw someone say on the internet that he has the bat pain face. (laughs) <laughs> you know, throughout the whole show. And I've been, like, waiting for a scene where he smiles or does anything but grimace. Right. But it ha- ha- hasn't happened yet, folks. So, Well, you know who had that, that, who who rocked that really well was uh, Omar Epps on, uh, on Resurrection. He was Omar Epps kill- kind of like the blank face on Resurrection. He, yeah, right. It was the, it was the huh face, like, the whole, <laughs> the whole eight episodes. He was like, huh, huh? This but, dude isn't huh as much as he's like, oh, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> someone stole his lunch. You know? Oh, damn. Frustration. Yeah. Also, uh, Penny Dreadful. How, how's that been going for you? Man, I got to say, Penny Dreadful is the new hotness. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's definitely got its own lane, but it's really, really well done. Really top quality actors. And I, I'm not sure, but I know that the first two episodes are written and directed by the same people, meaning that the writer is the same and the director is the same. Um, John Logan is the writer, and I forget the director. It's like uh, J.A. something. But um, I'm wondering if they're doing the same type of pairing that they did on True Detective, where it's one writer for the season and one director for the season. Mm. Um, uh, Either way, I was really... um, This was a really bugged-out episode. I've been raving about the first episode um, for those who don't know, Penny Dreadful is a series on Showtime that uh, delves into the uh, kind of the mythology of Dracula, vampires and um, all the, you know, mummies and all sorts of like uh, Dorian Gray like is a, in this episode. And, and it's definitely with the introduction of Dorian Gray, more and more like a league of extraordinary gentlemen. And yeah. Definitely yeah. shout out to you, Ben, because you called that last week. And yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, I see it. But I didn't know how deep they were going to delve. But then Dorian Gray is exactly from, you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. So I was like, oh, OK, right, right, right. So but I definitely like this episode just as much. Um, shout out to the actress, uh, the lead actress on the show, her scene. Her, yeah, Ava um, Green, she killed it, man. Ooh, ooh man, that, yeah, that, that was some craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what happens is uh, uh, Timothy Dalton's character, Sir uh, Malcolm, is looking for his daughter who's been abducted by supernatural evil beings. So he's out to collect a team of people who can battle them. And basically, in this episode, they go to a seance uh, thrown by the most flamboyant uh, Egyptologist that I've ever seen. <laughs> and this guy, this is a great character. And he throws this uh, party where he has a seance. 
And uh, actually, what's interesting about this is that Ava Green's character reveals herself to be more powerful than the actual woman who was running the seance, Madame Kali. And, uh, and Ava Green's character just goes buck wild and retells like a, a story that I'm not even sure what's going on, but she just gets possessed and she's even like, she, she turns the room upside down and does also all sorts of weird stuff. But um, It definitely has to do with uh, Timothy Dalton's character and his daughter, yeah. the story or who she's possessed by. Right. And I feel like, you know, that's going to be something we're going to see a lot more of later on. That story will have more meaning as the show goes on. Totally, and and then that that was a really great acting to the forest. But also, Ben was the revelation. We delve more into Victor Frankenstein's uh, past, and yes, there is yes. a young Frankenstein, pun intended, on this show. <laughs> so um, this, I mean, I gotta say, this this show, just like True Detective, hit on my Southern goth uh, points where I really like all this like gothic stuff and Americana stuff. When it's done right, it's done right. And so now we're in Victorian London and the art direction, cinematography and all this stuff, it all just melds really, really well together. And then the story is just really well done. So I like that I finally found out how to pronounce frigate. I probably just butchered that again. No, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, nice. See, I never knew. I, <laughs> I would have pronounced that completely wrong. So I really like that the show is giving me some naval lessons as well. But also, like you said, the ending and the reintroduction of young Frankenstein. Um, yeah. And I'm just wondering, will he be able to put Proteus back together? Like, you know. <laughs> well, you know what's, what was interesting? So what happens is his, uh, his new Frankenstein, which is Proteus, basically gets ripped apart by his previous Frankenstein, who was... I don't know what his name is, but <laughs> he looks like grimy Frankenstein. Yeah, but he's a little more like royal. It seems like he's got it a little more together. He's a little more intellectual. This is a new type of Frankenstein, people. This is not a dumb Frankenstein. These no. Frankenstein's have memory that come back and like they have vocabulary and they can put sentences together. And uh, so I think there's this. That's kind of interesting that this guy's been. Uh, you know, this Frankenstein, the doctor has been experimenting on creating, you know, reviving corpses for a minute. And so yeah, now there's a trail of God bodies. For a while a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's definitely. Yeah, I, I have to say, I really like how this show is really quickly taking on the themes of like, you know, God and science and, you know, the relationship between it. Because Frankenstein's already crossed that because he's brought back somebody to life at least more than once. You know, how many times has he brought these people back to life? You know, it starts raising a lot. Because I thought, you know, from the first one, that it was kind of an accident when Proteus came back to life. You know, oh, they did nice. seem real calm about it, you know, when dude came back. But right. I still thought it wasn't like exact science that he knew. Like, okay, I can just do this and this and boom, that dude comes back to life. Right, right, right. But now it seems he's either, you know, remarkably lucky or he knows how to do it. Yeah, which is, like, kind of strange. And I never, you know, as much as I've known the Frankenstein lore, I've never thought, like, yeah, why didn't he make a couple of them? Why is there only one? <laughs> like, why didn't he? Uh, he I think in the original, up? it goes really bad for Doc and Frankenstein pretty quickly. So it doesn't, like, you know, he doesn't have a chance to make another one. Yeah, I, I love this stuff when the monster confronts the uh, the maker. You know, that's always a good scene. So we'll Most probably, uh, since they cut to black after that, we'll probably... Follow up with that story on the next episode. 
Um, but anyway, I'm really amped about this show. Again, it's uh, it's got a lot of layers, and so hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get out of London soon and get on a, an adventure. Mm, most definitely. Yeah, big up to Penny Dreadful. I have to say, it's definitely been you know a pretty good show so far. I'm hyped, you know, as Tim Sony is. I'm also really loving Orphan Black this year. I have to regretfully say, folks, that Arrow ended this week. It was the, not, I mean, ended, but it was the season finale. And just like most of the season, I haven't really been keeping up with it. Uh, yeah. I heard the season finale was kind of anticlimactic as opposed to the episode where they killed the mom, which apparently was probably a better episode from what I hear. Okay, well, there's that. You know, I'm sure the fans and commenters will let us know. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. But I do have to say I watched the uh, trailer for the Flash joint. Yeah, I was. I wanted to ask you about that. What did you think? I thought it looked pretty good. I agree. And yeah. I, you know what? It's actually, it's almost like they did Arrow just to get to the Flash. Hmm. I'm sure the Arrow fans will be, you know, <laughs> quite pissed at that one. But we'll see what happens. I'm not mad at the Flash. Also, one last thing. Before we sign off for the special delivery, Godzilla debuted this weekend. All and right. Goo gobs a- of money, like $200 million they're saying it's raking in. Sequels already greenlit. Uh, I got a chance to peep it. A good joint. Really, you know, really erases the taste of that Matthew Broderick out of your mouth. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, yo. yeah. But uh, I'm, I have my earplugs on because I haven't seen it yet. So whatever you say, I'm not even listening. No, I mean, that's about it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I definitely would recommend it. You know, like so far this summer, I peeped Captain America. I thought that was great. That was great. Didn't, didn't peep Spider-Man on the recommendation of LOIC. Um, and I peeped Godzilla. And I thought Godzilla was good to great, I'll say. All right. Yeah, definitely dope representation of Godzilla, though. I will, you know, say that. Definitely looks like a big, mean monster. And, you know, ooh, yeah. Some great action in there. And also great characters. You know, good movie. Good summer joint. Check it out. Uh, I think that's about it. This is your boy, DJ Ben. I mean, Jim Sony and anything else for the fan bros out there? That's it, man. Just another Sunday night kicking it with the TV. Hmm, yeah. All right. We're going to have to work on your sign offs, Jim Sony. <laughs> Uh, check out more on fanbros.com. You know, we have every episode there, all kind of other good stuff, editorials, lists, reviews. Check oh. out LOYC's review of Godzilla. Hit I, that I do, I do want to plug. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to cut you off. I do want to plug one thing. The uh, Homeboy Sandman interview from last week. Definitely want to plug that because, you know, I know some people don't get around to listening to some of our uh the longer podcast format shows, but that one was really dope. Most definitely. ChetFanBros.com, the Homeboy Sandman episode is incredible, folks. You know, out of all the episodes we've done, it definitely ranks in my top five easily. Easily. It, yeah, it, it's a champion. Go check it out. FanBros.com. All your good stuff is there. This has been your boy DJ Ben Amin of Special Delivery alongside my homie Kim Sonian. Cheer. We are out of here. Peace.